and welcome to another edition of Newcastle Investment Insights. Uh, we have didn't uh, follow up on, on what we did last week. So last week we had a look at uh, what would a Trump um, presidency mean, and this week we thought we'd do a follow up and talk about you know what would a non-Trump presidency mean. And it's also well worth updating uh, on the changes that we had just uh, just this morning uh, in terms of the Supreme Court decision, which was what we sort of foreshadowed last week was that it was a 50-50 decision. And it has come down on the on the side of Trump, and so yeah, a big big jump I think in terms of him in terms of being able to avoid uh, having to uh, to go through a trial. But we'll, we'll run through that in a minute. Um, first, I'll uh, welcome aboard uh, David, Chief Strategist of the uh, of the Nucleus Funds and MB Funds. Welcome, David. Nice, thank you, Damon, and I uh, hope you're enjoying my my bike maintenance shop. Right. <laughs> so let's. Uh, so just a, just a reminder uh, that this is general information for people. So uh, it's you know hasn't been prepared for you, and it's um, and that you should be um, if if you do need personal advice, then uh, you can book call in and we can help you with that uh, at Nucleus Wealth. Uh, with any without any further ado, though, I'll sort of jump into um, uh, the thoughts for today. So not not a lot of slides, and we're just going to run it relatively quickly. Um, but yeah, we want to talk about uh, you know what happens if we get a Trump win, what happens if we get a Biden win and a split House and Senate, um, Biden win where they get the uh, where they do get the, the the House and the Senate, and then what are the alternatives in terms of different um, uh, uh, different candidates that that are being offered and what that would mean. But before we do that, I just sort of run quickly through these um, this, these uh, Trump cases uh, just for the so what's been happening over the last week. And just a, a quick recap for anyone who um, who didn't see the, uh, the the podcast from 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 last week. So there's a number of different um, uh, number of different cases going on at the moment. Uh, we've got these civil cases now; they're all going to get caught up in appeals. Um, there's not a lot of effect. I don't think they're going to have on the election beyond what they've already had. Um, maybe uh, Trump's going to get forced to sell some properties, and but it's probably just going to roll up his supporters even more, and and yeah create claims of, um, of of whatever there but but I think it looks as if um, that probably won't be the case and um, there's a few things stayed so he'll probably get loans to cover what he needs to to to, um, uh, to, to, to put on for that um, the stormy Daniels porn star hush money case um, look that's gonna be over by June I would think um, quite possibly by mid mid May uh, this is there's no presidential immunity on this one so that's sort of pretty much a done deal. I think in a way that's as we spoke about last time. Um, look, it's a it's a case that's out there. If, if you if you don't believe Trump did it or or you don't care, um, you uh, this seems like um, more a technicality. Um, to be like, it, I think the the description from a few is sort of getting the Al, Al Capone on on tax evasion charges. Um, yeah, it's probably not going to really move the needle. Uh, the classified documents case, um, look, they're just running out the clock on that one. Unless you get a change of judge, it's probably not going to go anywhere before the election. Uh, the Georgia election interference case, that's a state election interference case. Um, that's ongoing. That's not going to be over before the election. That's getting dragged out a bit at the start of that. Um, and, and, and regardless, that, that's that's a long case, that one. that's that's. Um, I think the only thing that could come to, to, to bear in terms of that is just that um, what you might see is uh, that that's that's televised, so maybe that maybe that affects because you know you could see live pictures and, and on different news programs. But 
having said that, um, yeah, the, the left-wing news organizations are going to cut to the, the, the most favorable for them and, and the right-wing are going to cut to the, cut, you know, selectively choose what to show anyway. So probably doesn't make as much difference. And the big one, the federal election interference case as Supreme Court. Oh, 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 sorry. All, Ameri- all Americans watch C-SPAN. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, the uh, the federal election case that's the um, that's the big one. So uh, and that's the one where the Supreme Court court came out today after a two week delay, basically saying that they are going to take take the case and they're going to stay it. So what does that actually mean? Um, that's the uh, it means it it's unlikely, and I'm probably even going to say it's highly unlikely that that it makes it um, before the uh, before the election. So uh, just to, to put it in perspective, Supreme Court was given the chance to take this, um, well, well, they were urged to take it back in December, and they said no. Um, they said they wanted it to go to the uh, the the, uh, the DC court, the, the state-level co- uh, appeals court first. Uh, it's been there. Um, then they, 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 um, they could have easily decided to take the court case on, you know, it might have taken them a day. So they could have easily decided that two weeks ago, <laughs> but they delayed and took two weeks. Um, they've given now uh, end of um, April for, for hearing. So again, more delay. Um, it does seem as if they're going to try and run the clock out on this one. You know, I, I, I guess if they, um, if the Supreme Court wanted to, they can probably get it done within, given the dates they've given now, um, it could be a quick turnaround, you know, from from um, that end of April and, and have something out early May. So, so maybe you could take, you could say it would take two months more likely it's going to take three or four months. Um, then you're going to have pre-trial motions um, and and time for preparation once you get the Supreme Court decision. That's going to be another two to three months, and the case itself is going to take three to four months. So what does that mean? Well, if you hit every single lower bound of those, um, trial's over by September, um, you know, into the, you've got a month of, of electioneering, and then then early November you've got the, you know, so you've got him guilty, um, say and, and and you know it's going to affect the election more likely though all you need is one of those ones not to not to reach that and you're not going to have a a verdict by the time the election is and quite possibly if the supreme court takes um yeah they're, they're they're four months and then three months worth of pre-trial maybe they won't even hold the case at all um uh before the election so uh you know given the 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 appearance and and i guess the um, they, they they tend not to want to interfere in, in elections, and with this is obviously unprecedented. But um, uh, there is actually law against it. It's more of a a courtesy mm-hmm. that, that's sort of been been um, uh, displayed in the past. So so yeah, but um, I think uh, the the big message from all that is that the odds of him making it to the election without having to go through that that real key one, the federal election interference case, um, is is jumped significantly today with that decision. So, Dave, I don't know what your thoughts around that. Well, it's quite unsettling. Uh, Like, we've had this procession of Jan 6 rioters go to jail, like hundreds or even thousands, Mm. uh, for, you know, various felony charges of, of, uh, what, sedition, insurrection, treason, Tight charges, um, as well as you know, civil disorder and and uh, etc. 
uh, and uh, I, you know a lot of them. I don't know if it's most of them, but um, have sort of stood up in court and said, "Well, I only went there because Donald told me to." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and yet you know here we are with the leader of of the Jan Six riot um, on the verge of escaping prosecution. So I mean, I find it very unsettling for the world's greatest democracy to have its institutions. Uh, destabilized like this, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I look, I mean, the thing is, yeah, if he is innocent and 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 everything was perfect as he says, then you'd like to see that he, yeah, they have the court case and he gets to prove that, uh, or or the oh. or if they're if the prosecution's right, then then they get to prove the case and then the American uh, people can vote on on that. Whereas now it's just going to be he said, you know, it's going to be he said, she said, and, and both parties can can lie as much as they want. Yes. Uh, so it's not it's not a good outcome for uh, for democracy for for um, social cohesion in the U.S. and 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 given the you know uh, what look like fairly consistent delaying tactics by the Supreme Court that really shakes you know faith in in the absolute apogee of the U.S. system here um, and so it's quite it's quite unsettling. To watch, I yeah. can't say much more than that. I just hope these institutions hold up and it gets done in time. But yeah, don't don't like the odds. No. no. So I mean, these these odds I'm about to show haven't been updated for the uh, for the latest news from today, but um, uh, they are from a few days ago. Uh, so basically, you know, Trump. Number one, Biden, then Michelle Obama, Gavin Newsom, Nikki Haley, Kamala Harris, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and, and Dean Phillips. So I think you can exclude Dean Phillips. I think Robert Kennedy Jr. I think uh, until um, yeah, we that on the screen. Over. I think I'm I think I'm showing that. Oh, I'm not getting it. Maybe it, maybe the the viewers are. Yeah, I think they are. Um, so uh, so yeah, so so Kennedy Jr. Um, yeah, a long shot. So, yeah, the net effect, though, is that Donald Trump, just on, on betting markets, is about 50-50. Um, Biden probably gets about 30%. Um, then Obama and Newsom probably make up another 15 between them. And uh, and then you have everyone else. So, um, yeah, it's uh, that that's roughly what we're looking at. But I guess so um, we'll start with what, you know, that's running through some of these... Um, uh, some of these other factors that we're talking about, and say looking at um, uh, yeah. So what what would happen if if we get a a Biden wing and a split House and Senate? So Dave, across to you. So from a macro point of view and a stock point of view. Well, <clears throat> I mean a split House and Senate would would you know stocks tend to like because. It, Generally results in spending stalemate. Uh, it doesn't seem to be, uh, from what I can see, a, a particularly um, uh, no great directions coming out of the Biden camp for a second term. So I would expect it to continue with its various supply chain rep repatriation policies, etc. And, and pretty strong fiscal spending uh, based on 
what it did in the first term, probably reined in a little if it's got uh, a split in the House or Senate. Um, well, maybe should we incorporate it as well? They do get the House and Senate. You know, what's the... Uh... Well, definitely you would expect more more uh, fiscal. Um, yeah. And so I imagine that's that's good, you know, for US growth. But let's let's recall our, our, our sort of view of the US over the next five years or so is already really bullish, um, with perhaps the exception of this year and, and we get through this landing of whatever nature it takes. Um, we sort of see this convergence of technological advancements coming together in a productivity super boom, uh, AI, um, weight loss drugs being the, the two spearheads, but um, you know, then autonomous vehicles and energy uh, coming in behind that as well. Um, uh, and so whoever wins is going to be dealing with a pretty good economy um, with, you know, really powerful business investment, uh, disinflationary uh, investment as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that uh, any sort of iteration of Biden win overwhelms that. Um, in terms of making it um, like in so inflationary that, that suddenly rates have to rise uh, rather than fall as as is you know kind of priced into markets at the moment. Um, so uh, so steady as she goes, I guess are most of the Biden scenarios. Um, I mean, even in a, in a in a sweep sense, um, I mean, it would seem to me that. Uh, maybe there's some healthcare stuff that they would like to do. Um, like maybe student debt. Student debt. Yep. Um, so, so yeah. So, I guess that's a bit of a push for consumption. Um, and, and more, more of the sort of working against inequality time of policies mm. that but, would, would that would be inflationary at the margin. Um, yeah. But I, I just, I guess, my point is, if the AI and weight loss. Uh, and other technological breakthroughs are as large as we think, then, uh, you know, labor availability and, and um, uh, supply chain issues are just going to disappear anyway. Um, are you, one thing you probably would get under Biden is more foreign labor as well, They're like less likely to clamp down on the border. So, you know, that would be disinflationary too. So I, I don't think a second term of Biden equals more inflation mm. it probably still means less yeah but it would certainly mean look i think either candidate equals a strong u.s economy and biden's probably less inflationary than trump which we'll get to for for other reasons yeah and and um i guess the other part is you would guess and i'm not sure about this but you'd guess that there's probably more uh, a step towards more bipartisanship if Trump loses yet another election, um, you know, at the moment the sway he has over the party seems to be that he doesn't want to do a deal on anything that might that might benefit, um, well, the country or or, or the or the uh, the Democrats in any way. Um, yeah. Potentially that might lose some sway, but um, but maybe though as well the takeover is complete and and it's now it's you know well I think it's another it's another illegitimate election so they need to rail harder. Well, I think if he loses another one, 
I mean, surely they have to go away and, and reform. Like, he couldn't take another tilt. You, I mean, he could. Well, well, he'll be, he would be, I think he's going to be, what, eight, is he going to be 83? Yes, I think so. I think he's for this election. He's eighty three. I don't know. No, he's he's um seventy nine, seventy eight or seventy nine. Yeah, something like that. Seventy nine, I think. So he would then be eighty three. Uh, going up to eighty seven. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you yeah. talking? What are you talking? As old as Biden? <laughs> well, older than Biden. Yeah, but but you know, it's a yeah, exactly. Though I guess I guess that's the point. Is do you see Trump fading into the night? And I'd say probably not. You know, my guess is that he'll rail harder. Now, does yeah, the probably. does the rest of the Republican Party stand up and go, "Well, we've had you've had three or four cracks at this. Time to time to finish up," or has he completed the takeover? And so, actually, you're actually just in for gridlock. It's like, nope, we won't pass anything. We're going. Yeah, well, uh, it's hard to see Trump going away, like unless he was shoving it up. And uh, as you say, he's filling the place with his cronies. So. I mean, maybe it is a takeover and, and the Republican Party just dies. Yeah, well, or, or, or they just decide that's it. They're not going to pass it. I mean, this has already been, I think, the mo- the least productive House um, and Senate in, in history um, is that they take it to another level and they go, well, we're not going to pass anything, you know? Is that so, it? Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so that's that's the you know, big dangers, I guess, from that perspective. Um, talking about alternative candidates, so... Uh, actually, well, let's just jump quickly to a quick message and then we'll uh, we'll come back to that in a sec. We'll be back with the investment insights very shortly. Nucleus Wealth is an active and passive investment manager. If you like what you're hearing and want some help with the investing, we can do it for you via our active portfolios. Our tactical and core portfolios use the insights shared in this podcast to construct and manage your investment. We blend tactical portfolios to offer our combinations of international shares, Australian shares, government bonds, and cash. We vary the asset allocation with the goal of protecting your capital in times of market uncertainty. We also have active international and Australian share portfolios. These are chosen using our quality and value investment philosophy. You can find out more at NucleusWealth.com. Now back to the show. Right, so... um. Yeah, so so the next step then is saying, okay, what are, what are your alternatives? So so theoretically, there is a a slim possibility still that Trump is convicted and maybe sent to jail, and that's enough to to for the Republicans then to um, to flip to a different candidate. Um, if that's the case, uh, I guess there's there's probably a slight contention about whether Trump could somehow anoint somebody else that that's more. Uh, that's more Trumpy, um, but uh, you know, I think Nikki Haley's got the the front runner. You'd say is the front runner status at the moment. Um, if uh, Nikki Haley, I guess you, your thoughts, David, around uh, what what that would mean for for economies and macroeconomics. Uh, well, she's more a traditional conservative, isn't she? Like small, small government. Smaller deficits, smaller deficits, less regulation, um, etc. I, I would say at the margin, you would say more more disinflationary, less, but tax uh, cuts as well. Yeah, yeah, but still some tax cuts, um, but a little bit less disinflationary, a little bit more budget repair, and so probably a lower US dollar. Uh, 
Yeah. And, the, and I guess the question really comes down to um, whether she means it or not. You know, I think there's probably some, there's certainly been cases in the past where in, in all countries, I think, where, where you have the the fiscal conservatives, you know, or the self, self-proclaimed fiscal conservatives say that they're going to run on, on this basis. But actually, once they get in power, then it's tax cuts and, and keeps me. Yeah, that's right. And so only conservatives. Does she, does she mean it or not? Right. It's a big question. Now the guys are in. Yeah, that's right. I think if you, I think if you went down the the path of, uh, if she really means what she says, and and you know you you, you cut back significantly on on governments and you um on government spending, and you and you reined tax cuts on on the, uh, the the wealthiest, then you're into a big disinflationary push, and uh and and a slowing economy and all these other factors. You know, add, add that to you know you're probably then the Fed's at zero and and racing, but um. Trying to trying to get inflation up with with the AI boom and and all these drugs and you know no more money for poor people and and no more government capex but um yeah I I, I guess that that's a that's not that likely of an outcome as you said so that, that's your how you end up with a different one oh sorry anything else on Nikki Haley Dave no right and then the other one is the democratic other democratic candidates now um from that chart we saw that uh, Michelle Obama was the most likely. Now she's said that she's not interested, and um, uh, I sort of I sort of feel like she's not lying. So I feel as if she, if she, if she was shoehorned into that role for whatever reason, I suspect um, from my perspective, it feels as if um, she would be basically running whatever Biden's policies with Biden's policies as advisors, or, or maybe it's Obama's old policy advisors. But I don't know about. So, I don't know a lot about Michelle. Like, what's her career? Like, other than being obviously married to Obama, not not much. Yeah. So, but it's a po- popularity. She's popular, and so I think I think the point is, you know, is she is she um, interested in the whole running of government and all that type of stuff, or is she just there to? Um, well, so it would probably be a fairly technocratic kind of. Government. You would think you would think so. You'd think it'd be left in the hands of the, the advisors, but. Who knows? Well, maybe it's maybe it's you know a lot of it might come from from Barrick. Well, well, you know, the push yeah. what what he would do. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. And and Newsom, who's your other one, other main one, is again a, a bit of an enigma in terms of um, uh, what you do. And you you would have to think running if it was a switch late. So how how would this happen? Um, is that Biden could get all the nominations and then get to the uh, party conference and decide in sort of I think it's August September. And then decide not to run, and basically anoint a, a a successor. And so, if that was the case, you would think they'd be running. It'd be pretty similar to to a Biden um, presidency in terms of the, these are the, the same types of policies and stuff. But um, yeah, could be a surprise. Yeah. Uh, well, who who would be that one? What Gary Newsom? Is that yeah, there's Newsom, and then there was the other one was. Um, uh, the other one's Dean Phillips, who's um, a bit more of a uh, a bit more of a socialist, I think you'd probably say, in terms of um, you know, so like that. But he's he's a, a long outsider to 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 make it. So um, yeah, I think I think if I think uh, Michelle Obama's odds are are much higher than Gavin Newsom. Um, what about Kamala? Do we give her no sorry, chance? Kamala's there as well. Yeah, yeah, sorry. That's right. She is in there. Yeah. Um, Jen got, well, she's below Nikki on most measures. Um, right. 
Caesar's as an example isn't even taking bets on Kamala. I don't know. You know, whereas they're taking bets on Dean Phillips. So yeah. anyway, right. but so um, who knows? So I, th- I think I think though as well from Kamala, you would you would be basically getting the Biden policies without, yeah, really? yeah. So yes, so so net effect for that is you know I guess it, the 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 bigger the the push for um uh for the I guess the uh the Democrats yeah you know, the, the, sorry the bigger the victory for the Democrats then I guess you're talking about uh seeing healthcare as probably being your biggest issue. Uh, I guess the question, you know, well, the question for the week um, uh, and what I'll sort of put to you, Dave, is is what's the most underrated policy that's sort of election dependent that um, in terms of uh, possibly geopolitical as, as much as... Um, uh, well, what do you mean by underrated? Well, what's, what's the, what haven't we discussed that's, that's going to come more? Yeah. What, what are people not discussing that's actually going to be the biggest effect of, of either Trump getting in or, or Trump or, or, or an acolyte getting in versus somebody else? Ah, gee, well, I mean, as I've said, I think all of them will be, it's a good election to win, I think. Um, look, maybe the border is, is uh, a big one. Border with Mexico, Trump would get in, and you know very seriously crunch the border for people and and even goods potentially. And um, then his policies would become much more inflationary than even his uh, proposed tariff, uh, because you'd be locking locking cheap labour out and. Uh, uh, and basically, a lot of the Chinese goods that have uh, been knocked onto the head by the first round of tariffs or, or other measures uh, are still coming in via Mexico. Mm. Uh, so, if you were to really uh, uh, become bellicose about the Mexico port, Mexican border, uh, then you could—it's plausible you could overheat the U.S. Yeah, so in terms of wage growth and then they're needing to raise rates, yeah. Yeah, and, and goods prices. Um, um, <clears throat> so, you know, I mean, you'd have a soaring US dollar and, you know, the Fed being forced back in, maybe, one, yeah. one possible scenario. But but again, I'd, I do think it's going to be a good election to win. Yeah. Yeah, and it's more likely that... Um, be hard to stuff up the next... Yeah. Yeah, and as you said, is it more likely the border stuff is is um, similar to what happened last time, which is big on symbols and and, yeah. and low on actual um, changes? Yeah. Yeah. So, so well, yeah, change things at the margin, but it's not a dramatic change. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then, and then the other issue, obviously, is um, oh, sorry, this is a comment for people to you know jump in and put your comments in the uh, in the chat. Um, but yeah, the other one, obviously, is. Um, you know whether the whole U.S. international alliance starts to starts to crumble and go away. <laughs> um, that sort of feels like a, a important, but again, it's it's uh, it's hard to say how much of this is uh, is bluster and how much is this real, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, I mean, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's nerve wracking stuff. Yeah. Right, well, 
we might uh, we might leave it at that. Um, the relatively quick one this week. Uh, if you want anything, more- well, I suppose we should just quickly touch on whether any of it affects Australia. Yes. Yep. Um, probably not. Like that, I don't think Trump would walk away from AUKUS. He might demand an extra hundred billion for it, but probably wouldn't walk away. Um. Uh, both parties are very, very bellicose on China anyway. Um, uh, to the extent that Trump would continue to dismantle sort of multilateral politics, it would be more negative. Um, and then I suppose there has to be a risk that Trump would would uh, tear up AUKUS, and then and and uh, that would. Obviously, you know, throw throw the cards in the air for for Australians vis a vis ANZUS as well, and how much we can trust our uh, great and powerful friend. So, um, and uh, and if Trump turns out to be sort of dictatorial, then you know the gap between a liberal America and an illiberal China uh, sort of narrows narrows and um, the rationale for for throwing in with the US becomes complicated, more complicated anyway for Australians if if Trump starts to look like an emperor. <laughs> God, dear God, anyway, let's hope we don't get there. Yes, 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 yes. On that happy note, uh, you need more from Nicholas, uh, nicholaswealth.com slash content. Uh, leave a uh, guest or a uh, topic suggestion on, on there. Uh, social media we've got all the links up on screen there uh, we're on most major and minor podcast platforms uh, love to hear from you um, so yeah drop in some comments and um, we will be seeing everyone next week uh, Thursdays at 12.30 uh, Sydney slash Melbourne time thanks see you Dave Dave